Hello guys and welcome to episode 111 of episode of the Worldwide Shelf podcast. It's your host Matt back again and well um, I'm, I, I have no script for today. Um, I'm just going winging it because I'm pissed off uh, Chelsea at two, Tottenham two, Anthony Taylor, the bald fraud strikes again, Mike Dean, the Referee that I thought had retired, but clearly not because, you know, he wants the referee's favourite team, Tottenham again. Uh, and another fo- another beautiful game of football was ruined. Uh, I am joined by my co-host, Jesters. How are you doing, my friend? <sighs> well, you know, there, there, there's two things, that two separate issues we can that, that I saw today. One was the play on the field. The other was the absolute horror show that is refereeing in the Premier League. I don't understand how you can have the best league in the world as far as competitiveness and talent and have the worst refereeing in the world. It, when you do that, when you, when you say something like that, there is no way you cannot bring up collusion or conspiracies because you can't have the best product on the field and have the absolute worst refereeing. And, you know, this, this is not the first time on Anthony Taylor. Uh, he's done it to us several times. So at this point, if you're, if you're an organization that, that manages the referees, at the very least you can say, well, Taylor, you, you're not getting another Chelsea match. I don't care if it's the, the EPL uh, Cup game. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, Whatever, whatever. Get it's not not even a practice match, not even a friendly. You're not gonna ever see Chelsea again. That's the very least they have to do, because at this point it's getting outrageous. So that's that's the first thing. But overall, I'm actually very pleased with the team. The yeah, because I, I think it was it, it the, the 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 part where I feel it's the biggest shame is the fact that it actually was bar two to three players it was a very good game from Chelsea I thought we we played well generally across the board they're obviously there it's not a perfect game there are improvements and there are two or three players that definitely need some big improvement um in their game but it was a good game and quite frankly it was two goals that simply should not have stood uh the second even worse than the first one the first one you have like two or three percent chance of debating it uh in a way although i will completely destroy any debate um with just simple facts and using the rules um but the second one there was no excuse and obviously this is a this is an audio podcast so we cannot show you the picture but there is a picture which shows anthony taylor looking straight at the hair pool he could not be in any better pos- position possible uh the only way he'd be in a better position would be blocking the camera. That's how good of a position it was. He looked at it and yet did not see it, apparently. VAR, I don't know whether it was not plugged in. Has uh, Stanford Bridge had a Wi-Fi issue that they can't use VAR today because it wasn't used at all. Um, wasn't even shown, wasn't even, didn't do nothing. Um, it was, that was, it's borderline ridiculous. Um, and as you said, it's, it's not the first time and it won't be the last time. Anthony Taylor completely screws us up. Uh, and what I don't understand is how can how how this guy can referee so many, not just games for Chelsea, but so many big games. He's refereed multiple Man United games. He's refereed multiple Arsenal games. He's refereed multiple Arsenal Cup final games. He's refereed multiple Tottenham games. The only, the only big team we haven't faced with Anthony Taylor is Manchester City. And is it? Are we? Are we gonna get that later in the season? Where we play Manchester City? We're we gonna get Anthony Taylor to screw us over. If, if I, it's I close, guarantee it, I guarantee it will, because it's the only big team we haven't faced in a season it, where it's going to be very tight between Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and potentially Liverpool, depending on how they cope without Mane. But these two points could mean everything in terms of getting second, getting third, getting fourth, or getting fifth. And I can tell you what: if we get fifth. And we are one point or fourth. We won't forget this. 
We won't forget. I know there's still 36 games left and we should be able to clear them that much, but there isn't a lot between all, all these teams. There won't be a lot towards the end of the season. And these these margins make a difference. Um, and it's... It, it's borderline. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, Chelsea should personally make a formal complaint uh, to the PGMOL organisation that works with the referees um, to review this incident and review the idea that Anthony Taylor should never referee a Chelsea match again. If not, does Todd Bowley look at giving some money to see if he can brown envelope it? Because clearly every other club is brown enveloping it. So why not we try and do that? If that doesn't work. As Jester said to me off air, let's take this sucker to court. Let's bleed Anthony Taylor dry and bleed FA, the FA dry of every single penny possible. Because, my God, with the amount of evidence we've got, we can pin them down to a lot of shady stuff. What doesn't help is also it, it's against a manager that's been done for match fixing and football corruption. So the story just writes itself, if I'm honest. Um, would you agree with that, Jester's? Yeah, I, I think that it's... Uh... It's absolute disgrace again to have. Look, I watch every just about. I've seen a match in just about every football league imaginable, down to the Belgian Super League. Okay, I watched one yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. Friday, Friday. But it was uh, Kent played or Ghent. I don't know how you say it yeah, over there. Um, and this is by far the worst refereeing in the world. Period. End of story. It's not even close. You know, we have the MLS over here. It's been around a lot. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not been around that long. And it's a young, relatively young league. And uh, the refereeing is leagues above what I see in the Premier League. Uh, the, the only thing I'll disagree in your rant is I don't think Arsenal and Spurs are close to us. I think that it's smoke and mirrors with both of those teams. Uh, you saw us, you know, outplay Spurs. We played them off the park, if you want to be real. Uh, as far as Arsenal, you know, I was told last year the first first three games of the season doesn't count. So I guess it counts this year because they've won them. But as soon as they get an injury from the starting 11, they've got no depth in that team. And uh, Europa is going to kick their butt. Not worried about them. So I think it's there's three teams that are clear of all the other teams in the league. And then that's just the way I see it. I think it's Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man City. And uh, depending on how the window ends, the gap between those three teams is 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 minute. Uh, depending on uh, you know, if Bernardo Silva goes to Barcelona and they don't replace him with with a like player, and when I say a like player, somebody has Bernardo Silva's level, um, they're going to take a step back because they've, they've massively reduced the depth and quality of depth they have. Um, Liverpool, I know everybody's like, oh, no, we don't, you know, Mane was not that, no, Mane is very important in that team. Very, very important. You brought, you brought in Darwin Nunez. Fine, he got a goal and assist. Yeah, but the ball bounced off of him both times, and that's how he got it. And I've seen this guy play. He ain't that. He ain't, he's not Mount A level. Timo Werner? Is, probably Timo Werner uh, level. Yeah, proper Timo Werner level. But uh, uh, so, you know, it just depends. If, we, if we're able to bring Aubameyang in, if we're able to bring Fafana in, uh, I'm less and less hopeful for De Jong by the day. But if we do get to bring in De Jong, uh, for me, we had to be challenging for the league. Um, and, uh, of course, that'll, that'll bring us into some of the performances today that, uh, yes, everybody was better than the first game. I'll say that right off the bat. Everybody played with more energy, were more physical, were, uh, they were up in their grill the whole time, you know, but we got to have a little bit more from our – this is the second game we've had this year, and we haven't had an attacking player score goal yet. Just put that out there. Right. We've had – we, and, and two of our, our goals, one, one 
both came from dead uh, dead ball situations where we had a penalty and we had and the person who drove the penalty was a defender or a midfielder if you want to call, you know that's proper the wingbacks are midfielders so we had a midfielder draw the penalty a midfielder scored the penalty we had a defender score on a cross from a midfielder because the wingbacks are midfielders and we had uh, Reese James score, who is again a midfielder, or if you even want to call him a defender, it makes it even sound even worse. So we've had one goal contribution from our forward line in two games. Uh, so I think that's really where we need to focus when we talk about the way this game could have gone. Um, and if a couple of, of players would have played better. We could have had four or five a day. We should have had. Um, Kai Havertz, I'm out of excuses to give you. You have to put that ball in the back of the net. That's not, there's, I mean, you can. everybody can talk about, oh, Christian Pulisic missing big chances. You're not going to get a better chance than that. You're not going to get a better chance than that. All you had to do was put it on frame, and it's a goal. And you missed it by... Feet. Uh, let's talk about Starboy here for a second. I know you don't have any notes, so I'm just going to rant for a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's talk about Starboy. Starboy, Mason Mount. Um, I thought you, you could shoot. Apparently, you cannot because you had the chance in the first half where you were clear and you put it in row Z couldn't even hit the frame of the goal. You couldn't even put it on the frame of the goal. That's the least you have to do when you're wide open with the ball at the edge of the box. You have to hit the target. You weren't even close. Second half, Connor Gallagher passed you the ball. Still, ball doesn't go on target. You fluffed it. But, of course, you know, he's English, and he's got the, the mount stands. will will run to his rescue, but if, so you can't talk about him. But it's not good enough at this point, man. If, if this is what we're going to have in attack, this is the type of game we're going to be – you just better, better get your heart medicine because this is the type of game we're going to have the entire year where we get a goal and or maybe sometimes if we're lucky we get a second uh, and we have to hold on for dear life. And you're gonna, we're going to drop points because of that. I was hoping we would get a goal early or two goals. We had to get a two-goal lead. We needed a two-goal lead. Because then heads drop, you can they have to come out more from their shape, and then there's there's more space to to cut them open for three or four. And we just didn't do that. And that's because the finishing is not good enough. It just is terrible. Even Sterling had a chance that he that he that he put way over the bar. I'll give him a pass. He had a, he at least he had an assist today. And you know, he's playing with 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 uh, two dead men up front. Who couldn't he, they couldn't score in a brothel on free day? Let's be honest. They aren't they aren't it. And I know that the instant reaction will well, Christian Pulisic isn't it? Fine. Christian Pulisic isn't it. Go get a Bamiang and bring him in. Manchester United are talking about, or there's there's at least rumors that they're talking about canceling Cristiano Ronaldo's contract. Go get him too. Bring me a Bamiang and Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't care at this point. We have to have people who are killers in the final third. And it look, we, we look as weak as a newborn baby in the final third. And it, it was better from intensity standpoint, but that cannot happen if you want to be challenging for titles. Man City win that game 4-0, by the way. That's a 4-0 Man City win. That's how good we played in stretches of that game. But it's just it's just not good enough in the final third, and uh, until and that can only it can't change. Everybody says, well, it's the formation. No, it's not the formation. It's the players. And when they get the ball and when they get the chances, it's uh, you know we have a better chance of winning the lottery than them putting the ball in the back of the net. It's it just you, it can't continue this way, and for us to think that we're gonna we're gonna be um, doing the things we want to do as a Chelsea football club, which is winning the Premier League, winning Champions League, and just just 
putting our rivals in the mud. And apparently, so now we've turned to Anthony Gordon, 40 million. Jesus Christ. Who, by the way, played us off the park last week. Let's be real. He was the best player on the pitch. Yes, but I think, uh, I think, I think most people could play this attack off the park. Right, but, but uh, so uh, no, thank you. We don't need any more young players who can't put the ball in the back of the net but, but run a whole lot and they, they hustle and they, they close down. I don't want to hear that anymore. I want to hear clinical in front of the goal. Get in the ball in the box and it's in the back of the net. So Aubameyang, they want 20 million euros. Do not negotiate. Hand them the 20 million euros. Hell, we made 20 million pounds from Hazard winning the Super League. So give him the 20 million euro. Get Aubameyang here for next week so he can start. Because we have to have somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net. And we do not have that player. Um, so that's, that's the attacking rant. Um, Nolan Midfield, uh, Conte was, was excellent, but it's Conte on his last legs. And, of course, he does his hamstring. Now he's out for six weeks. What do you do now? Kovacic didn't fit. Um, there's a certain uh, man I just, that just played for Lazio, Sergei Malinkovic-Savic. He's for sale. Go get him. Whether you think he's a six or an eight, he can damn sure play in the pivot with a back three behind him. And do the job. And he can crank a shot from outside. Matthias Nunez. I, Pep calls him world class. He's available too. We'll only come to a top team. Go put the 40 million, million pounds on the table. And go get him. Um, because we're, we're, we're down two players in the midfield. In the second game of the year. And heck. Frankie Jong is still there or thereabouts around. I don't know what's happening with him. But if you have to throw the money in. Throw the money in. Yeah, I, 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 I've heard, I've, I've heard from a certain somebody today that you might as well just write Frankie De Young. It, it, it'll, it's going to take a change of heart from Frankie De Young for him to go anywhere. Yeah. And uh, apparently, Barcelona cannot force him to take a pay cut. So, you know, that might be the the last, you know, the last day of the transfer window. But the attacking, Aubameyang makes us. Ten times as as lethal as we are now, um, but uh, you know that's the that's the attack uh, in a nutshell. We had one one player that's good enough, and two players that uh, need to go on loan if they want to be attackers because they aren't good to, good enough to play it for Chelsea. And I don't want to hear well one of them left led the team and goals and assists. Yeah, that's a low bar. That's that's you know there's context there. And it's also, not like he, he and scored also, 20 goals and, and 10 assists. You're on bloody corners as well, which you're not going to be on this season, obviously. Yeah. So, so that, that, that whole chance is created. It's going to go right down the window. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, moving to the midfield. Oh, hey, here we go. Jorginho. Everybody said, oh, he ran that game today. He was so great. Yeah, why? They didn't press him. He had space and time on the ball. If you give him space and time on the ball, well, he's brilliant. The moment you put pressure on him and close him down, he looks like a Sunday league player. Hence, giving up the ball for the goal. Why are you trying to be techie in the box? Yes, People, it was a. He shouldn't have received the ball. The player before that should have, should have put the ball down the field, out of play, wherever. But he had the ball. He had a chance to boot it away, and he tried to be, freaking Johan Cruyff in the box. Cost us a goal. I'm sorry, he is not physical enough to play in the Premier League. Just not. If you if you put a physical player to mark him out of the game. He's irrelevant. We've seen it time and time again. All you've got to do is press him. All you got to do is get in his grill, you know, foul him a couple of times so he's complaining, and his game is done. So for whatever reason, people still see this guy as, as you know, a great midfielder. 
Yeah, give them, give give any professional on the ball time and space, and they'll look brilliant. It's when they're put under pressure, when they have to rise in that moment of pressure, where you actually see how good they are. And when he's pressurized, again, Sunday league is what he is. So as long as he's in the team, run, be, being our main midfielder, never going to win the league with him. It's just not going to happen. People need to uh, get over it. You can call it the agenda, whatever. The fact of the matter is the guy cannot play defense and cannot play when pressurized in the Premier League. And that's just the bottom line because Jester said so. Yeah, I mean... that that was a lot, um, but you you were right on a lot of it, really. To be fair, um, start I'll start off with kind of the midfield when we're, while we're on it. I mean, yeah, Kante played fantastic uh, up to the hamstring injury, but as you said, that's going to be at least six to eight weeks out. Um, it looked like a proper hamstring tear. It weren't one of the ones where he's pulled up a little bit. That was a that was a big one. Um, so I reckon he's going to be out for a while. Um, and now you've got Kovacic who's out, and Kovacic who was also pushed to the floor by Conte uh, in the tunnel. So great, thanks Conte. You're pushing an injured person with a knee injury to the floor. Smart one, that. Uh, I, 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 I would, I would like the Chelsea to uh, get the FA to investigate him for that because that's if that injures Kovacic even more, then that's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, we we are now we've left with Jorginho, Ruben off the cheek. And Conor Gallagher, uh, which any three of them combinations scares me a little bit uh, in terms of the openness of the midfield. Um, so we do definitely need to, as you said, get someone in. Uh, I do. I have a feeling the Frankie De Jong thing will go to the final day of the uh, thing, uh, the window. And I think from what I've heard, Xavi has said to Frankie De Jong, you will not start. Um so whether he looks at it towards the end of the window and goes, should I just? I, I I think it will be a split end, like split decision where he goes. Actually, I think I will leave. Chelsea will probably be at that, that time. They probably would have done the Fafana deal because I think that's the one they're looking to do. They might have done the Aubameyang deal by that point. They might be just Chelsea doing Chelsea typical stuff, rushing around for a midfielder. And Barcelona might go, hey. De Jong might be available for, to come to use if you want to put that offer on before. Chelsea will go, actually, we'll probably have it for a little bit less because now you're messing about with us. Barcelona might just go, hey, we need the money. There you go. Uh, and we might get a De Jong, um if we're lucky. Other than that, I said, like you said, I think Malinkit Savic would be great, but I just don't think Chelsea will do it. Um, Nunes potentially could happen. But the only worry is I don't know whether Porto at Sporting would have let him go this late into the window because uh, I think they would like a replacement in of some sort. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think we can't go six, potentially six to eight weeks with just Jorginho, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Gallagher. For next week against Leeds, it might be OK because Leeds are a bit iffy in the midfield in general. Um and so I think we might get away with it next week. But after that, when you've got West Ham, people like that, you can't you can't be having iffy midfields uh, of Jorginho, Ruben Loftus Cheek, Jorginho Gallagher, Gallagher Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um, so we're going to have to figure something out in terms of that. Um, and yeah, going into the forward line, I think generally we were very good in the in the defence. In the wing backs, in the midfield, bar I think Jorginho was okay because, again, as you said, wasn't really pressured apart from them first five minutes. But he made the mistake for the first goal. I know the first goal ultimately shouldn't have counted, but you still made the mistake for the first goal, and the goal eventually has counted. So we will put the blame on you as well. Um, shouldn't be losing the ball and dilly dallying in the in the in the box. Uh, that's just a big no no, especially for a midfielder of his caliber or supposedly his caliber. Caliber. So there you go. But we played very well. Generally, play. I thought the 
the patterns of play we were particularly doing were very good. I haven't seen that for a long while of us playing that good patterns of play between Kante's, between the Cucurellas, James's. Ruben off the cheek really impressed me today at wing back. Uh, he did a very good job there, considering he's not a wing back really, um, but he played that role, almost a hybrid wing wing winger slash wing back role very well. But as soon as the ball went to either Havertz or Mount, the play just we they either lost it, they made the wrong decision, and it, the 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 play just messed up. Every single time it was either Havertz or Mount. Uh, they both missed big chances um, to score, uh, and it, it's it's frustrating. And even with Sterling, I thought Sterling was okay. To, I thought he was, he was still pretty good today. It was some, some good things coming from Sterling, but there were, there were points where Sterling made a good flick on. But unfortunately, the flick on is going to Mount, who loses the ball. And that just makes Sterling look bad because it looks like, oh, nothing's happened. But no, it's because he's got a fucking flip next to him. It's like you've got the analogy I made on uh, the watch along was you've got a lovely premium slice of ham ready for your nice ham sandwich. It's going to be the best ham you could get. Best from the book. You've got you've got gone down to the butchers. You've got a nice slice ready for your sandwich. But if you've got two mouldy pieces of bread, it's going to taste shit. No matter how good the ham is, it's still going to taste shit because the bread's mouldy. And Havertz and Mount are the mouldy bread. So you've got to change. They've got this has got to be changed. Whether that is by playing Pulisic, whether that's by playing Ziyech, whether that's by getting a Bamian, whether that's by getting someone else that's not Anthony Gordon, because I'm not paying forty million pounds for a player that literally is just Frank Lampard's type of player. No, thank you. We're over Lampard era now. We're in Tuchel era. We do not want players like Anthony Gordon uh, for ridiculous pieces of money. But something needs to change. And I, 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 we can't keep playing with these two players together. They do not suit each other. If you have to play with one of the two, fine. It's probably what we're going to have to deal with for the season. But if you have Sterling and someone else, you can just link up between the two and Mount and Havertz and just sit around and have a have a have a drink, have a drink. Just sit on the side, cut up some oranges with calamans and adoy, uh, and leave it at that. But you can't be having both of them on the same pitch at the same time. It's frustrating to watch, incredibly frustrating. Um, and even if it is a point where you go and say, right, we're going to put Gallagher in the front three because I know Gallagher isn't really a pivot option at the moment. Even if you put Gallagher in the front three, there was a part where he pressed the ball really well, won the ball, tried to create a chance. The part where he, the chance where um, Havertz actually did one thing very good, passed it to Gallagher, he's put it across the mount and mounts missed the opportunity. Gallagher was actually quite eventful in the front three when he come on. Um, so it, it, even if even if he's put there, it's surely going to be better than Mount and Havertz at the moment because they're just, they both look so poor. I don't think Mount's played well since the European Championships. I thought last season... He went ghost most of the season, popped up with goals against smaller teams, and it stat padded him all the way to the end of the season. Uh, and typical uh, Stanford Bridge fans, they're always going to vote him for Player of the Year, no matter what he does, um, which is what it is. And I think Havertz is relying off a couple months of good form and a Champions League final goal. That is simple as the fact that he's has scored as many goals and assists as Timo Werner has in his time. That's not good. That is not good at all. And I get that you're a little bit younger, but you came in for much more money. You came in as this generational talent. And the fact that I don't know what position you are, I don't know what you're good at, is worrying, is extremely worrying. And me and Jester's, I don't think we can take this. We can't keep having this conversation week in, week out. Something needs to change. Um, and we've made... we. Quite frankly, we, we can't. We know we can't replace all three attackers in one window. It's not possible. Um, well, it's not free for career mode, but something needs to happen. Um, and I think Tuchel knows it. Um, and it gets to the point where, if you guys once you finish this podcast, of course, because you, bet I bet you all want to keep listening to our beautiful voices for the rest of this time. But when you finish, just go and have a look at the other side of the coin. Him. Uh, Miz and a guy called Ryan did a very good tactical video on how people like in the attackers, the Mason Mounts, 
the Havertzes of our time, how they, how our patterns of play, they have to change tactically to accommodate how all their poor form. But we have to, we have to bring players into different positions to almost babysit these people into the attack. And that's why you go into the box, there's a cross into the box and no one's there because we're all babysitting around Mount Mason Mount because, or we're babysitting around Havertz or we're babysitting around Ziyech or whoever. This is not good enough. This is why we're the, the problem. It's not, as Jester's correctly said, it's not, of course, I'd, I, I would prefer to play a back four, personally. I just think in my way that I enjoy football, I enjoy a back four a little bit more than the back three. But in this, in, in, in a way Tuchel plays a back three, it's not really a back three. It's a back four in attack and it's a back three in defence. It's very transitional. But the point is, it's not the formation that's massively hampering us. It's the players that are playing the formation that are just simply not good enough and simply not good enough to do the job that Tuchel's done at other clubs. PSG, he didn't have this problem. Borussia Dortmund, he hasn't had this problem. It's at Chelsea because we just simply don't have good enough attackers. And hopefully in the next season, in the next summer, we can make further changes into our attack and slowly bring all of these players out. Um, and then we can become a proper team, but we can't become a proper team until we change the attack. No matter how good our defence is, no matter how good our midfield could be, potentially, no matter how good our wing-backs are. And let's be honest, that the only reason, the difference between the Everton game and today's game was that Cucurella played better than Chilwell because Chilwell, obviously, we know he's not mentally and physically ready to come back properly, uh, which is understandable, fair enough, give you a little bit of time. So Cucurella played and played very well. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek played very well at a side from Rhys James, who didn't play very well last week. So the wing-back contributed more, and it made us look a bit better. But it didn't make us perfect, because when we get to Havertz and Mount, when we get to the attacking two between him, between Sterling and the midfield, it goes to shit. And this is something we need to change. I don't know how Tuchel's going to change it, but it needs to be done. Uh, and that is my very long rant over. Um, so now I guess we'll talk about some of the game, uh, some of the other moments in the game. Uh, we can start with the goals, I suppose. Obviously, the first goal, uh, a lovely corner by Kukurela into uh, Kulabali, uh and scores a bit of a wonder goal. I mean, how many games did it take Rudiger to score a wonder goal like that? Yeah, it took Kulabali two games. Um, Jesters, what did you think of Kulabali's overall performance and his goal today? Yeah. Uh, for, for all of you out there who, who said that, oh, Kulabali has to adjust or Kulabali's finished, really? Just stop talking about football because obviously you have no clue what you're talking about. Koulibaly is one of the top five center backs in the world. I don't want to hear anything else. Right? You can't make an argument that he's not. Put on top of that is he's known for headers from, from set pieces. But the volley that, that he hit we don't have a striker or an attacking player, maybe Sterling, that can hit one. You know, if, that, if that's Mason Mount, that's, that's, that's going back to, with Spurs to North London because that ball is, is still traveling. You know, that, I was like, you know, new striker uh, in, in one of the private, private groups I'm in. I was like, new striker, question mark, because it was... Not a fluke. If you look at the technique used, that is something that he has in his locker. I didn't even think he had in his locker. But the man can play ball. And I can't say anything bad about our defense. I really can't. Um, I, mean, I, I can say something again about Mindy and a final, a, a final set piece of the game, because I think we've done that before, have we not? If memory serves, we gave up points on a final play of the game from a set piece. Yeah, potentially. Like, I last year. I remember something. I don't remember what game it was, but I remember. Or it was a cross. Maybe it was a cross, but I thought it was a set piece. What are you doing staying on your line? 
wherever that ball is, you should be attacking it because they never call fouls on goalkeepers going through people. Unless they never call fouls. Uh, even Anthony Taylor wouldn't do that. I mean, I, I saw one. Who was it? Last week. Where he didn't get the ball. And, and he took out the player. And it should have been a penalty. No call. Was it Southampton? I think it was maybe against Southampton. I can't remember. But, you know, if... if no, it was Leeds. It was Leeds. Oh, yes. Now I uh, remember the goal now. And he, he, he took him out and no call. So why aren't you getting off the line and saying, you know, this is the last play of the game. The ball needs to be in my hand. I understand. Maybe that's not your game. But I'd still, if he would have come out for that, even if he had to go through a few players, that's not a goal. You know, maybe I'm stretching there. Okay, fine. If you want to say, no, Mindy played it right. Okay. I just, I don't know. I'd just like a little bit more aggression at that point. Because if you catch that ball, you punch the ball away, the game is over. Yeah. And so, I would, I, for me, I, I would be looking to come out. Yeah, I think I think it's one of them ones that if you if you come out and you don't you don't get to it, you potentially get put in no man's land and then you'll get blamed for going out. And I think if you stay on your line and obviously what happens and I think it kind of both ways you can get blamed for it. So I I wouldn't criticize Mendy too much. I can understand your point. I wouldn't criticize. I think there's plenty more people to criticize over Mendy. Um but it is a contributing factor. I think he probably does need to improve on because there is multiple times where he's done this now, um, and he could he needs to add it to his game or fix up fast. Um, but yeah, with the Kulabali thing, I think it's nice that he almost just looks like a more stable Rudiger, um, and the fact that we've managed to get him a replacement so nicely um, is fantastic. He's a player I've always wanted at the club. Um, I thought we'd never get him, but we did, thankfully. Um, so I'm happy he's at the club. Fantastic goal. Arguably probably contender for again man the match for me. Uh, I thought he played very well overall in defence. Uh, along with the entire back three, if I'm honest. Don't have a, as you said, don't have a problem with any of them. Thought they all played well. Um, Thiago Silva is just usual Thiago Silva. Rhys James played well. Um, looked a bit more fitter today. And I think playing that right centre-back was a good idea to almost allow him to build his fitness up without being too much up and down on the wing back because I just don't think he's fit enough for that right now uh, which is why I think I kind of almost predicted that he'd go right centre back to deal with Son a little bit more and then Ruben would go at wing back Um, but yeah I think it was overall fantastic goal Uh, loved it Um, moving on to the second goal obviously with Reese James as well Um, I think it I think it originated from a ball from Kante across to uh who was it in the middle? It was Sterling, wasn't it? So yeah, Sterling. Sterling yeah, makes the right decision to pull it over the James and then Reese James, it was a bit made me laugh. I think Havertz went over to celebrate with James and James whispering into Havertz's ear. I wonder I think personally what he was saying is he was saying that's how you finish the ball in the back that's how you put the ball in the back of the net. Because obviously Havertz and Mount is not doing that right now. Uh, and Reese James did. Um, what did you think of that goal? Did you think at that, that point that it was there, there, where it was game over, or did you think there was still something left to happen in the game? Well, no, I mean, it, whenever there's time left and you only have a one goal lead, anything can happen. We saw somebody miss hit a cross and score and beat us, right? Uh, Musoko last year. Oh, yes, whoever his name is. Oh, I don't don't remind me of that. A terrible. Oh, that so, was horrible. Yeah, that's that. Those things can happen because guess what? You didn't put the game away, and we had our chances to put the game away. So as much as we want to sit here and talk about Anthony Taylor being a bald prick, which he is, and that those decisions were horrible, which they were, 
and that Romero should have had a red card, which he should have had. So they shouldn't have scored any goals on the day. If we were clinical in front of the goal, if Kai Havertz scores, it's 3-2, right? The final play, doesn't. none of that matters because we're up two goals. If, if Mason Mount can put a, put a shot on frame, maybe he scores. It's, again, it's way too poor. First of all, I, I'm gonna get, I will give Mount a little break because he's actually not an attacking player. He's an eight. But that's it. You, it, it, it it's either you're an eight playing as an attacker doing the best you can, and we'll give you credit, or you're star boy at any position you're played at, and then you have to live up to that. Either or, you can't be both. You can't be, oh, he's an eight, so give him a break, or he's star boy. Which one is it? Somebody tell me. Because if he's star boy, you, you know, that's that, that he needs to go supernova and blow up and go someplace else then. Because that ain't star boy. Star boy gets you goals when you need them. Star boy does something amazing on the pitch. Pressing and energy is not something amazing. And by the way, J5 stands. How is it that Tiago Silva at 38 can play an entire game without being tired, but Jorginho, who runs about the, the speed of a turtle, has to come off the pitch because he's tired? Explain that one to me. I ain't having that. You came off the pitch because you, you were exhausted? In, in 89 degree weather? Are you kidding me? I, I guess that's that's hot in England, but I would I mean, love 89 degree weather here. I mean, he's Italian. He should be used to that at least. Oh, you tell me he was tired and had to come off the pitch. I, J.O., okay. You know, it's like Alonzo, Alonzo could play all the time because he never ran hard. He didn't. He, he couldn't run that fast, so his muscles weren't working that hard. But my my lord, if he had to come off the pitch, it's get get somebody and sell him to Juve. It, this is this, that's just for me. That's Thiago Silva. Koulibaly is older than him. They can play the whole game, um, but he has to come. He has to come off the pitch. Heck, it took a, it, it took a, a hamstring injury for Conte to come off the pitch. And I guarantee he has more miles <clears throat> on his on his uh, legs than, than Jorginho does, and actually can run, run, and be physical on the ball. So, yeah. I, 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 sorry, dude, you lost me there. Tired, suck it up, Buttercup. You're a professional footballer. The pro- the problem is as well. I'd love to sell him to Juventus, but now Kante and Kovacic are injured for six to eight weeks. I don't think we can afford to sell him now. Do, do we have an injury update on Kova? Uh, they he said it was a knee injury, so and it's, he's been struggling with it. I think it's the same thing he was struggling with in preseason. It's not just it's just not got better. It's so, tendonitis in the knee, then, isn't it? So that could be that could then if it is tendonitis or something like that, that's going to take time. Does they don't they don't fix straight away? So that's I, rest. That's all yeah. you can do with that rest. Yeah, exactly. if it is tendonitis, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be at least a month, maybe two. Um, so yeah, yeah. we we're kind of screwed. We kind of have to keep Georgina whether we like it or not, because I don't. We're gonna get two centre midfielders then. Um, well, we do have. We did. We already have one from Aston Villa. Yeah, I just don't know whether he's gonna. I don't know, too oh, good, but it'd be very, it'd be a very risky move to do that. I've been told he's a young, in the way he plays, and his skill set, a young Pogba. So absolutely can play in the in a double pivot. Absolutely can play multiple roles in the midfield. Um, but he's going to be in the squad next week, right? Because. You don't have Conte, you don't have Kovacic, and Jorginho can only play seven, 60 minutes of a game. So you've got Conor Gallagher, uh, Ruben, 
which keeps us short at, at the wingback position because now Ruben has to be used in the midfield. Who else you got? Jorginho for 60, you got Ruben, you got you so he's gonna be on the bench next week. Yeah. So and I don't understand why it took so long for Tuchel to get subs on the pitch. Because once the sub we, we were under pressure, and once the subs came on the pitch, it was better. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I don't I, see- I, I was confused because I, I re- when when that sub was made, I, I was like, I was obviously more top subs coming on. I was kind of like, oh shit, is that that's the only sub we've made? Why have we not made another sub? But did, um, didn't he say last year if I if I had five subs I could make more changes? Dude, you had five subs. You didn't make those changes. You know, bringing a player on in the 80th minute is not a change. No, that's sorry, that's not affecting time. anything. That's just wasting time. That's wasting time. And you know, for me, if I was certain players being brought on in the 80th minute, I'd be like, ah, no, no, ain't no. You know, my my knees hurt, and I'm not coming on the pitch. Because to me, it's a slap in the face. To say, oh, we're going to give you 10 minutes, a 10-minute run out. It's not like we're bringing on a, an academy kid, a young player, that, you know, use that time to, to get his feet wet. Now, Broja, I understand, because you're trying to bet him into the team. But come on, man. You saw that for, nine, for, for, for 80 minutes, nothing from two players in the midfield, uh, in, in the attack, excuse me. No output from two players in the attack and said, well, we're just going to stay with those people. No, you needed another goal. Put the game away. And, it, and it, you know, you could put a little blame from Tuchel. Other than that, he was brilliant tactically, dropping Mount into the midfield to build up play. That's what he's best at, dropping into the midfield and being that guy to build up the play. Guess what? He's a number eight. What can I tell you? Um, so it looks like we might be the next game play with three midfielders and, you know, dropping Mount into the midfield and having Mount, um, Gallagher, and uh, Jorginho in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, Tuchel's got to figure something out because these injuries are now, once again, a typical Chelsea season, except it's happened earlier than we thought. Uh, would injuries are now hampering the way we, how and what we want to play? Um, it is what it is. Uh, obviously, we've just got to deal with it. Uh, and Thomas Tuchel's obviously got a lot of thinking to do uh, up to the Leeds match, which obviously, well, it depends on what happens with the FA. Uh, I don't think it will get rescinded, but there you go. He obviously won't be watching the game in the stadium, um, which. Looking at his press conference, he wasn't very happy about. Um, but it is what it is. Um, are you confident from what you've seen? Obviously, take away the whole drama and all that. Are you confident going into the Leeds game, or do you have any worries at all? Um, Leeds is be- they're actually better going forward this year than last year. <clears throat> Although Bamford did come off with an injury injury this last game. Yeah, I, I did hear he had gonna- Huh? I did hear that he's had a knock, and yeah, they so don't know what it's going to be like. So he's really key. Um, Aronson's going to be a problem. Whoever's playing left wing back, although we do have Kukure and, and Kulabali there, so I'm not really worried about Aronson. Uh, but he, he'll be an, he'll be a problem all day long. Um, but other than that, they're a much more open team. Their defense is awful, by the way. So we should be able to put four or five past them, um, depending on, you know, if our, anybody in the attack becomes clinical over the next week. And maybe we get a bombing in this week, and then we can really cook. Yeah, I mean, I hope we get something. I, I feel like we'll have something done. I'm worried that it's just going to be for Farner because I feel like that's the deal that is naturally progressing to get done um, with Fafana's whole almost saying goodbye to Leicester fans, the kind of dropping dropping the ball in terms of information, kind of going from he's not for sale to kind of, oh, we'll consider this price. Um, so obviously things are going on behind the scenes. 
So I feel like Fafana, if there's any deal to get done, it probably will be Fafana. Uh, but hopefully Chelsea are competent enough to get a Bamiyang done as well so we can see some attacking talent. But I think, especially if Bamford's out, I feel like I'm confident with Leeds. I think I was confident with the way we played today. Um, hopefully we can continue that on. Um, and maybe watching it on the telly, Tuchel might see what, see some of the stuff that we see and think maybe Havertz and Mount should be dropped and maybe we should get some someone else in uh, or at least one of them, uh, which would be music to my ears at the moment, uh, the way they're playing. Obviously, they can change it, but they've got to change it themselves. No one else. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we finished at all? Uh, we were linked with Zaniola from Roma. Just oh, watched yes. his first. I just watched his first half. Stay away. Yeah, I've never talking about I've, not I've being ne- able to finish. I've never, li- I've never liked him. It, he had two two big chances he missed that he should have scored, and he didn't come close to hitting the the, the frame of the goal. So, I, I'm sorry. No, stay away. Uh, yeah, but that, the, Zaniola was someone like two or three years ago. Everyone was like, oh, he could be the next big thing. And he's just not really developed at all. Two ACLs. Yeah, I mean, I, then, I, I would stay away from it. But you yeah, know what Chelsea yeah. like? We, we tend to buy terrible attackers. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we did it. That's it from me. That's all I got. Yeah, I think there's not there's not really too much that we could say apart from swearing more at Anthony Taylor, which as much as I enjoy that at the moment, I think I've done quite a lot, enough of that today. Uh, so I'll, I will go and calm down for the rest of my evening and you can calm down for the rest of your day. Um, so that is the end of what is another wonderful podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our rants. Uh, if you want to clip any of it, I guess be my guest. Go ahead. Uh so make, just make sure you tune in, download us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or any podcast app of your choice. Uh, make sure you give us a rating on both of them applications as well. Uh, we will be back for Leeds next week. Uh, we potentially may have some other guests on. Uh, we had we had other guests to come on today, but the late cancellations were unfortunate. But it is what it is. People's lives, lives come first before podcasts. So... Uh, it is what it is Um, but thank you all for listening Uh, and Jesters thank you for coming on thank you as always for having me we'll see you next week yes we will all see you next week uh, for hopefully a win and hopefully a win that's not uh, corrupted Uh, but in the wide words of Jose Mourinho I will not speak if I speak I may be in trouble thank you for listening